Okay, so I wanted to take up while we're in the um, in the Akdam over here in Sanhedrin. Uh, I wanted to take up the question of the Rambam's position on Gehenna. All right. Um, so over here he says that uh, the paragraph of Oval Gan Eden on Kuflam uh, So he says Oval Gehenna who kinoi letzar sheyansig esarishayim below nizbor betamot teir oso hatzar. So the Ramam says Gehenim is a name, is a term for the pain that the Rishayim will perceive, will, will, will attain. And um, it's not um, clearly defined or described in the Talmud, but some say it is uh, this kind of fire, that kind of fire. Okay, but basically it's some kind of a um, an Onish, um, Gashmi it sounds like, for the Rashaim and the um, Lasid Lava, right? Um, so the question becomes Does the Ramam hold from some uh, kind of um, punishment of the uh, Rashaim in, um, in the afterlife, in Olam Haba, right? Now, it's generally, Generally, uh, people associate Gehenim with something of, a, of an onish for a rakta um, after he dies, maybe some kind of an eternal punishment. Um, and the Ramam over here, he's taking it out of that application. But, okay, terms are terms, you know. So maybe he doesn't use the term of Gehenim for, um, for that kind of, an, for, you know, maybe he uses the term Gehenim for a physical thing. But does he is he denying that entire idea that there will be some kind of um, judgment lachar moso for a for a Russia, uh, or is it simply that tzaddik has an has an olam haba and the Russia is is a, doesn't the Russia is is the nevad right? Like he sounds like he's saying in Hilchos um, Tshuva, Parakhes, right? Take a look at Hilchos Tshuva, Parakhes. So the Rambam says, he says that the good that is awaiting the Sadiqim is Chayel Haba, okay, etc., as we've been describing. And um, and the and the schar of the tzaddikim is that they will attain this good, all right. And the piraon harishayim who shall lo yis kulachayim elu, right? Ella yichrusu v'yamusim. So from the from from this halacha, of course, you you can't just pick a Rambam out of the kind of context and out of you know uh, in isolation. You have to you have to search through the whole. Uh, the whole uh, yad certainly to see uh, if you're you know how everything fits together. But if you take if you stop over here in Ches Aleph, right in Hilchos Tshuva, it sounds like he's saying this simply is a positive schar for the tzaddik and a and an absence for the Russia, right? And he says v'chol mi she'ino zochel chayim elu. Who am Shane Shane And 
whoever doesn't attain, doesn't have the, doesn't merit this life, meaning the life of Olam Abba, he, he, he dies, he dies, and he's cut off in his, in his uh, rishas, and he's lost like a, like a lema, right? V'zehu hakares hakos levatar. Shenemar hikares, hikares nefesh, hiyavon abba. So that's a physical death. Meaning what? He's simply not a not a not. He's a he's a not So does that mean that there's no such thing as an onish in olam haba for a um, for a Russian? Okay, so that that's the question that many have dealt with in the in the Rambam. So yeah, is that when he refers to when he says a behemoth, like a behemoth, right? right. Is that clear? The indication from the Rambam is just like a a behemoth naturally doesn't go, he doesn't have any eternal existence, right? Because he's composed of the elements, and the elements disintegrate back into their original um, source, origins. So too, it seems like he's saying, so too, a Russia uh, doesn't have a um, the, 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 the eternal element of Chayel He says He says it's similar in the in Tchias HaMesim, we did a couple weeks ago, where he mentions about Tchias HaMesim, and he says that Tchias HaMesim is only for the Tzadikim, because he says, how can the Rishayim have Tchias HaMesim? They're considered dead when they're alive, right? So, meaning to say they don't have, it would seem they don't have that true life. They don't have the true the true life. They have a physical life. And therefore, it seems that he's indicating when they, um, when they die, they naturally cease to, um, all, all that is, all that they are is that physical uh, Existence and when it dies, there's nothing left. That's what it sounds like, right? So therefore, it would seem there's nothing to punish afterwards, right? But the question is, is that the sum total of onesh for a Russia, right? Just the absence of the star. Um, yeah, one second. And again, he says it in Chesay, right? Uh, he says. Again, he says it in Chesay. He says, "Hanekama she'ain nekama gedola mimena shetikares hanefesh velo tizkeh laosnachayim." Right? It's the nisht that is the yonish. Okay. Shenema hikares tikares nefesh yevon abo vezeha ovadon hu shekoronoso hanaviim derech moshel be'er shachas. Right, Ivadon, Tifte, Luka, Koloshon, Klia, there you go, Leslie, Yeloshon, Klia, Rashrasa, Koronlo, Lefishia, Klia, Sheena, Hara, Tekuma, Leolam, Hefse, Sheena, Chosa, Leolam. That's it, it's the absolute destruction. Okay, and, um, and uh, but again, doesn't seem like there's anything of, um, any further torment. Okay. Now, one second. It, it, it's interesting. The next Rambam, you know, he says, 
maybe you'll think, yeah. maybe you'll think that this good isn't so great, right? And you'll say, there's not a schar mitzvah. The, he says, uh, um, yeah, maybe there's no great schar mitzvah for, for doing all that. Elios ochel the average person, like like the person, like the people, like the kitos that we were discussing in the beginning of Chalak, envision a reward of achila and shasiyah and all of that stuff. And he goes on to say how, no, really those... Those pleasures are not um, substantial, and uh, they're not uh, true and real. And the real good is the nefesh of uh, of olam haba, right? Um, and that's pretty much, you know, going over the the ideas that um, that, that he was building up to in in Chilek. But um, he doesn't say the uh, the corollary to that, does he? Again and again, he says in Tess, the beginning of Tess, "Me'achas noda shematan tzaron shal mitzvos hatova shenizke la'im shemarnu derech Hashem hakosov b'tor he chayel haba." Right, and the nekama shenokmim in Hashem sheazu aruchas hatzedek ve'akesubos b'tora he he kares. Okay, so again, again, he keeps repeating the the tzar is olam haba. And then the comma is being cut off and not being zocha to chayel. Okay, so 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 the question is again: is the the stance on the some kind of uh, an idea of of a tsar um, of onesh for the um, for the rasha? So just to um, just to um, you know, to set the record straight, there is a false uh, girsa in, in some of the Rambans. You'll want to see where, where it would be. It would be in Parakei, in Yisodiyat Torah, the end of Halach Adalid, where the Rambam is discussing the um, din of uh, Yehari Yavor. And he says that if a person does it, uh, violates the, the, uh, the Isser out of uh, duress, so he's not high of kares, uh, right? Because it's it's not us. Okay, he's not mekayim. He's not mekayim the mitzvah of kiddush Hashem, and he's over in Israel of chil Hashem. But he's not high of misa for avodah for instance. Um, and then at the end he says ubarayos who omer ulanarulos asadavar. So he's an honest, just like the, the the girl is an honest. We don't we don't punish her. So then in some girsas. It's a mistake. I mean, I don't know. How, I don't know if I call it a mistake, but it's a it's a mistake in Girsa where it says as follows: So if a person is in, this, in a situation of Yavor, but he really has the opportunity to escape, and he sticks around, okay. Um, Ready? Okay. But that's absolutely not the right, not not I don't think anybody claims that, that really is, is in the right is, is truly a gear of the realm. I don't think I understand. 
So he says, the Ram over here is Hilchus Torah discussing the question of when you have to give your life for um, for the mitzvos, right? So he says, uh, Avodazar, you'd have to give your life, right? But he says, but if you didn't because you were just terrified and you just you just weren't honest, you don't you're not believing in Avodazar, you just simply don't want to die. So you're not ready to be Mikai Shem Shemayim. So you're wrong. You're Chayev to you're over an Isser for not being Mikai Shem Shemayim. But Ram says you're not Chayev Misa for Avodazar. Because you're still doing the Misa of Zarbanas. Okay, and then it says, and in some, and then there is this uh, apocryphal, uh, I don't know if that made us too strong a word in the positive side. There's a phony Girsa that where he says, and if you decide, if you have the chance to escape, right, and you let the king force you, so it's almost like you're voluntarily doing, that's almost like you're voluntarily doing Zarbanas. And he says, you're going to go to the bottom of Ganon. Right. So one second. So some. So so I'm saying, this is the that's the only instance where the Ram uses Gehenim in mm-hmm. in, in the in in the uh, in all of the Yad Chazaka, and it doesn't really exist. So I'm just saying, don't if, if you see that argument, you'll you should know that that's not that's not true. All right. So so this question of the Rambam's stance on um, on uh, Gehenim and and similar questions. Um, is the subject of, of a cheirem that the Ram was put, the Ramam's farm were put into. Okay, and um, burned. Where was it put in? It was, it was put into and they burned it? Yeah, there was a cheirem that was, de- that was decreed against the Mordavism. So like the Christians? No, Jews. The Mordavism and the um, and Sefer Mado. And um, yeah, it was a big controversy. Because of, of the Omava thing? Well, we'll get into it a little bit, but there's certain things uh, about, about, about philosophy, Greek philosophy, and, um, and and this was one of the questions whether he's denying uh, Gehenim, things like that. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting period of history to read about, but uh, famously, Rabina Yona was initially in favor of the ban, and then he had tremendous charata, and he... And he uh, pledged uh, to uh, to go to the Rambam's kever and uh, and beg for uh, you know and and, and, and what, does, what does harata mean, right? What's that? What does harata mean? And uh, but anyway, there's a famous um, in the uh, in the Ramba in the writings of the of the Ramban. If you want to take a look one day, you can see in the in Chevelle in the second volume of the writings of the and discourses of the Ramban. He translates uh, this uh, famous letter that the Ramban wrote to the French rabbis who were putting the Rambam in Cherem. So he wrote a tremendous defense of the Ramban. It's, uh, if you're interested in looking at it, I would definitely recommend the English version because every word is a reference to a pasuk or something else. It's very, very hard to decipher from the Hebrew. Um, but I just want to read a couple of uh, points over here, how the Ramban defends the Rambam. Okay. Um, I, I think it's worthwhile to read just to see the tremendous, tremendous covet that the Ramban uh, gives to the Rambam. And from the way, you know, when you when you read uh, some of the, um, you know, in, in his commentaries and, and maybe in, in Chumash and uh, how he seems to be very critical, you know, you might sometimes get the wrong impression of, of the esteem that he held him in. So it's it's really interesting to um, <clears throat> to see it in uh, his defense of the Rambam, and also just the chachma that he has about 
the uh, the practicality and the and the um, you know the effect that it will have on the on the arm to put a, a, a safer of the Rambam into into Chirim. Who was defending him? The Ramban Nachmanides was defending Maimonides against the French rabbis who were involved in this um, Chirim. All right. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, before people put uh, Svarim into Cherem, uh, they should probably read over this, this Ramban for, for an Eitzah. Um, all right. So, so let me just pick up over here where he gets into the, the issue at hand. One second. I'm going to pick up over here. It's on, it's on 387 in the Chevelle. He says, um, yeah. He says, as for us, we know not the truth of their words. He's talking about the people of Mechirim. Whose words shall stand his or theirs? Okay. It is true that we have heard that the great rabbi, Shlomo Menahar, maintains that the homiletical interpretations, meaning all of the Midrashim, and narratives of our rabbis, and all things which retain their literal meaning, such as the future banquet for the righteous, like we discussed a couple weeks ago, right? The guarded one. Wine, that's also one of those things that the Chacham will enjoy. The Leviasan, the Gehenna for the wicked, and the Garden um, of the Palace. Sure that, okay, for the righteous who, who awaits them will see them, but he who denies them will not merit seeing them. Okay, so basically saying he's, you know, he, he's propo- he, is a, he is a proponent of a literal, literal interpretation of all these things. Um, and now he says, um, uh, he's talking about the, he says, okay, I understand you want to, maybe you want to put the, um, the Mora into, uh, into Cherem. That's, that's one, that's one, uh, level. He says, um, but why would you put the Sefer Hamada into, into Cherem? He says, if part of your decree will be acceptable to them, and they will therefore withdraw the book of, of Moranavuchim, okay, and they will cleave their lips to him who will discuss its themes, for their heart is open and only as wide as the eye of a very fine needle. It's not even so easy in English. Um, he says, What will they say of the Sefer Hamada, the writing of which is the writing of God, which Maimonides transcribed? This is the Ramban talking about the Rambam's Sefer Hamada. He says, The Rambam's Sefer Hamada is like the uh, the writing of God that Maimonides transcribed. You can't get a higher compliment than that, right? It is the index of the books of the rabbi of blessed memory on the Talmud and the introduction to all his compositions. So this is the Sefer Hamada really is the beginning of the whole Yad HaZaka, and it's kind of like uh, the, the, the introduction. In it, he enumerates the Eternals positive and negative commandments. I guess he'd be getting rid of the whole first part of the list of the missiles. Uh, teaching students the honor and fear they must accord their instructors in the section, the laws of the study of the Torah. So what are you going to do? Get rid of Hilchas Tama Torah. And he instructs sinners in the way, in the section, the laws of repentance, in calmness and peacefulness, without questions and prolonged discussions. He brings forth gems of scholastic brilliance, so what are you going to do? You're going to do away with Sefer Hamada? You're going to, you're going to deprive people of Hilfos Tshuva? In the Talmud, we have found nothing comprehensive on the theme of repentance, besides what is scattered abroad and dispersed among the laws and obscure homilies. 
And among all the works of the ancient and latter Gaonim, we have not found those subjects sought out all uh, sought out of all them that have delight therein, as prepared and accessible as they are clearly explained in that gem-filled book, the foundations of which are laid with sapphires from without and within. So he's saying Sefer uh, Hamada has Ramam went and, and comprehensively collected all of these scattered Mamari Chazal and organized them beautifully um, in a way that nobody else had done before. By your mercy, our rabbis, disclose to us your objections against that book. What exactly do you not like about Sefer Hamada? For it is a matter of Torah we must learn, the reason for your rejecting the book. We have heard that you say that Maimonides is one who denies the punishment meted out to the wicked in Gehenna. That was one of the claims. And that you say this because he stated, this is Hilchos Tshuva, Ches, Hey, the severest punishment which cannot be exceeded is that the soul shall be cut off and destroyed. Okay, so they picked out, they pulled out Parak Ches, Alacha, Hey, in Hilchos Tshuva, where the Rambam, that we read a minute ago, where the Rambam says, that the um, the yeah the nakama she'ain nakama gedolim imena is kares that the soul will be cut off. He says, but ah, and Butch implies there's nothing, there's no gehenna, there's no type of a gehenna, right, of punishment. But I, the insignificant, did not believe the report. For you, have, for you have proclaimed it aloud after the tenor of these words. It's a little bit confusing what he means, but he means to say that, um, like the footnote explains a little more clearly, that that statement of the Rambam is really essentially a statement that's found in the Sifra. Okay, and he quotes it. Our rabbis of blessed memory expressed my mind as thought in equivalent language in the Sifra. So if you're going to say that the Rambam is, uh, so certainly you hold the Sifra, Maintains from a Gehenna, maintains an idea of Gehenna. And the Sifra used the same kind of a language. So you see, this language is not incompatible with an idea of Gehenna, right? Because the Sifra says, Kares is mentioned in many places throughout scripture, but I do not know precisely what it is. However, since it states, and I will destroy, it teaches us that Kares means destruction of the soul. God forbid the entertaining of a denial of the existence of Gehenna, a place of burning and atonement after judgment where each sinful person will himself light his fire and dig his pit. So, so he's saying, the to say that the Rambam does not hold from some kind of uh, Gehenna, okay? Just because he says that there's Kares doesn't mean there's not a Gehenna, just like the Sifra says, Kares is destruction of the soul. He who denies this punishment of Gehenna, in Gehenna rends the robe of the of faith and the garment of the tradition in an unsewable, irreparable manner and masks man, makes man, I'm sorry, as the fishes of the sea and as the creeping things and winged fowl that have no ruler over them. So Ramban is very, he's very clear that he holds that to simply do away with an idea of an onesh for the rishus, the person perpetrates, 
would be would be some kind of a um, serious serious breach of tradition. And he says it would mean it would mean like there's no din v'no dayan. They have no rule of them. Like you just um, a person who acts badly, person who's a Russia, pick your your favorite Russia, simply dies. Where's the justice in that? Is that uh, is that din? Well, you can't partake in the greatest good that there is possible. So that's a that's a you know. But he's no different than he just becomes simply he doesn't suffer any consequences. Well, or, or, or take or take a guy who eats chaylev and a guy who kills a million people. He's, 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 but he's but the problem with the Ramban is also, and you mentioned this many times, it doesn't seem to be uh, just to say that a guy who eats chaylev, right, and a guy who is over every isakaris or a tremendous Russia murderer have the same consequence. We we can we can argue about this, but that's that's part of his uh, idea that it's it would it would it would go against the idea, a certain idea that man is judged individually and meted out some kind of an onish for his action. It is true and faithful, however, established and enduring, that God has a burning flame whose fire is in Zion and in Jerusalem, a furnace billowing smoke like smoke from a kiln. Okay, whether those are there are many chazal like that, and such is my opinion. I, the insignificant one, your disciple, that all who are subject to kares descend to Gehenna and are punished there for twelve months. Their soul is consumed because of its sentence, and it is voided and disappears. Okay, so we have to see if if you think the Ramban is doing the Ramban a favor or not, but he thinks he is. Right? He's saying, I believe that even one who gets curries first has some kind of an idea of Gehenna. Thus the rabbis, and we're going to, have to see if he can establish that the Ramah holds it. Thus the rabbis of blessed memory said, after, this is a Gemara, after 12 months, their body is consumed, their soul is burnt, and the wind scatters them under the soles, S-O-L-E-S, of the feet of the righteous. The feet. Okay. Now, this twelve, this idea of twelve months in Gehenim is a Mishnah in Adios. Now, of course, maybe the Ram means it's talking about that Gehenim of the uh, Aslo, but um, the Gemara in in, uh, in Rosh Hashanah uh, re- refers to that twelve month period as um, after the twelve months, the body is consumed, the soul is burnt, and the wind scatters them under the feet of the righteous. So, so the Ramban says, what does this mean? It means after that period of the 12 months, the soul exists neither in a place of judgment nor in a place of delight. Okay, it is instead voided and lost. Thus the rabbis of blessed memory said, uh, kares means destruction of the soul. So basically saying this, I, Chazal, say kares is destruction of the soul, right? So what about, like I said before, a guy who does one Isra kares, a guy who does all 36 Isra kares? They both just lack you know, it's like a guy's got a life sentence. You might as well just kill uh, more people in prison. What does he have to lose, right? So he says, no. There is a kind of a din uh, of the of the of the neshama, the nefesh, before 
the um, Kais. And he says, the words of the great rabbi, Maimonides, are thus found to be enduring. For he said, the severest punishment which cannot be surpassed is the destruction of the soul. For assuredly, this is the ultimate and decisive punishment. Far be it from him to deny that. He has not denied the initial judgment of every individual, for in those laws, so now, now, he, now he shows you a little bit of his, his extensive knowledge of the Ram. He says, you got, like I said before, you can't just um, find one statement in the Ramam. If you do a little more research, you'll find the Ramam says, Nilchos Tshuva, Perek Gimel, in the same halachos, but, but Perek Gimel, Halacha Vav, the Ramam says, the Ramam says, uh, the, um, I'm not sure if he has the same. He says, um, and they are punished for their sins. Yeah, where is that? Right. 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 So Bainani has a chilek and all hava. He says, but they, but they're, but they're, they're judged on their sins. They're done in kefi chatov, and then they get all hava. Okay, and so too he says, kol arishoyim shav noseim meruvim done in also kefi chatoseim v'yesh lem chilek v'lam hava. So he says, so you see, the Rambam definitely holds. Of some kind of an onesh before the ultimate state, right? Because he says that by the um, by the reward, by the ones who have olam haba, that punishment. Now, where is that punishment? He's saying, why is that? Where is the din of those chatoyim? He says, you know where it is, Gehenim. Okay, and. And which is undoubtedly the place of justice where wickedness is reported. So again, I don't really care, you know, if the Ram would call it Gehenim or not. But basically, the question of, of, of the Yisod, the Yisodos question, is does the Ramam hold from some kind of an, a proportional punishment? Or no. Once you, once you hit the mark of Chayab Kares, you could be most if riches are riches, and there's nothing more that's going to happen. So that's what the Ramban felt was connected the the um, the Mesorah and the and the, and, the and, yes. and rends the garment of um, of faith, rends the robe the robe of faith and the garment of the tradition in an unsolvable, irreparable manner, and makes man like the fish of the sea. Okay, they have no ruler of them. So he says, there is a place which God has designated to finish the transgression and to make an end of sin committed, a place where the king's prisoners are bound. Therefore, the great rabbi of blessed memory said, they are punished in accordance with the extent of their wickedness and arrive, and afterwards they have a share and privilege in the world to come. Thus, there is a judgment and there is a judge. Right, lays din v'leis dayan. That's what he doesn't want to do. No, is din is dayan, who assigns punishment in a proportion to the sin, and dispenses reward in relation to the number of good deeds, who brings down to the grave and brings up, 
who cast down and raises up. Okay. He said, so did the rabbi, Maimonides, of blessed memory, and this is the most controversial line that we're going to discuss over here, explain with regard to other sinners, this is the key question, he says, yeah, this is three six. Ella nichrosin, they're destroyed, they're cut off, the ovedin, and cut off. I'm sorry, lost. Vinidonin al Godel Risham Vichatosam and judged on their great sin and wickedness. Li Olam Ulaome Olam. That's the question. Forever. Okay. Uh, forever and ever. Okay, he says, thus the rabbi of blessed memory distinguished between those subject to excision and those who are eternally punished. For the former are utterly destroyed, that's the uh, excision, that's the curse, and the latter are punished forever. He wants to read it as different cases. Okay. There are some who are nechrasin v'ovdim, and some are nidonim al-golovishim v'chatasim v'olamolim. Okay. Uh, he says, it is true that in all of the rabbi's words, I saw no reference to the 12-month period mentioned by the sages in, in Rosh Hashanah, he says, but he thinks, and even though the Gemara, even though the, the Mishnah in Edio says 12 months, he says the Rambam must mean that 12 months is not an absolute, um, an absolute, uh, you know, duration. He says the punishment of a man liable to one, one car race is not compared to the one of 36. So the figure of 12 months is only a general indication of the duration of punishment. Who is there that can go on high and declare that the figure is meant precisely? This is the opinion of the rabbi of blessed memory. Okay. Is so therefore, no, absolutely not. So he says, he says like this, the mission in Edios surely constitutes this rep- his reputation, but he, but one who maintains the matter of 12 months like Rambam did to be the explanation, true or false, whether it's true or false, has in no, meaning say it's a sliding scale, has in no way denied the authority of our rabbis of blessed memory, nor has he been irreverent towards them. Instead, according to his opinion, he has, acquired, he has inquired whether it be good or bad. He pondered and sought out the truth. That the rabbi did not mention, so how come the Rambam never talks about Gehenna? I mean, if you read through the Ramban, Shah Gamal, he goes through, you know, uh, elaborate details about Gehenna. So he says, why did the Rambam not mention the ways of Gehenna and its punishment? Is because he considered them among the miraculous phenomena, which characteristically obscure their nature. The rabbi, Rambam, though, follows the paths of the Torah in explaining things which are made clear by absolute and complete, complete proof. So basically, he says, this is our clear opinion concerning this book, Sefer Amada. We have therefore borne it upon the shoulders and placed it in our sight. We did not thrust it away as you did with the force of both hands. So basically, this is interesting, basically, the Ramban is saying that you, one of your claims is that the Rambam is against tradition, against Yisora, against the ideas of, um, of Onesh, which are, which are uh, a part of our ideas of, of, of Mishpah Elokim, because he doesn't mention Ganem, and he seems to just indicate that um, there's no there's no 
actual uh, experience of Onesh, and certainly nothing that is commensurate to the evil that the person perpetrates. He says, uh, and he never mentions anything about Gehenna. So the Ramban says, says you're wrong. He says, you're wrong. So you're, you're reading the Ramam superficially, and if you look at it more carefully, all he's talking about is, first of all, the things that we know for sure. He's not going to just talk about Ganem as speculation, what it would be like and what, what type of an experience it is. So he's, he's going to leave those things alone. That's his derech, the derech of Torah, he calls it. I believe he mentioned that. And, um, and all he says, and, 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 and it's true, he mentions kares um, as simply destruction. But that is the um, the ultimate. Doesn't mean there's nothing. Doesn't mean there's no idea of of. Uh, doesn't mean there's no other forms of uh, of punishment. The only thing that bothers me is the only thing that bothers me is it sounds like an onish of the olam ulaome olamim is worse than a karis, right? That's the only thing that bothers me in the Rambam. I mean, just. I'm saying, just as uh, in terms of his argument, you know, of course, his argument seems to be saying the Ram just mentions, um, you know, that there's no Nakama greater than that, but that doesn't mean there isn't another one. The only thing is to say that um, that the destruction of of Perak Ches Halacha Hey, right. Then the comma that there's nothing, uh, nothing beyond, is um, is worse than being judged eternally. It's hard to accept. So, so understand. Well, the Ram uses three terms over here in in, uh, in that halacha and hilchos tshuva. Right? He says um, there is nichrasin, um, ovdin. And Nidonim al Godo Risham Vikatasam the Olam will all So you're saying those are different different levels. And when the Ramam says the punishment that is the that, that nothing exceeds is Kares, that's just talking about the last term of the, the greatest one. What's what's the justice here? Okay, slow down. We just want to know what he's saying first, and then we'll and then we'll see if we if we understand it or agree or uh, or, or have problems with it. But I don't want to let what I want to be cloud my uh, judgment of what is. Okay. So um, unless it's impossible, unless it's impossible, but I'm not, I'm not ready to say that. So, um, yeah. So, so Leslie is suggesting that even the ones who are old and vinidonim are golo rishon, the chatosim, the olam, olam, olamim, that 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 is less. We must have some kind of reprieve, some kind of. It's true they're being. It's true the Ramban quotes the Gemara, the, the Pasuk. Their worm shall not die, neither shall their fire be quenched. Okay, so it sounds like torture. <laughs> sounds like eternal torture. But but let's say no. Like the Gemara says, there's a break on Shabbos. So maybe there's some kind of maybe it is less because they have some kind of a chayim, uh, some kind of a uh, an existence, and existence is always good, like the Rama says. So in that sense, it's not like just existing for torture. It's a um, it is 
it is a, a din forever because apparently they can never um, overcome it. It's not like the, um, the tzaddikim or the, or the bainim who ultimately move into um, a state of Olamaba. But this is still not as bad as total destruction. Okay, I hear that. That's, good. that's a good, that's a good order. Um, yeah. But yeah, the question is, the question is, yeah, is that is that um is that what the Rambam is is saying? It's an interesting question. Yeah, Kafach is very adamant that was that that's that, that the Rambam holds some kind of thing like that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I, I looked at it, I haven't looked at it in a while, but I'm pretty sure that's what he, he said from this this one, the Olam will only alone. Now it's interesting. The justice, the question of the is is the justice of it, right? Well, let's think about it this way. The Ramban is is saying that it would be unjust for a, a person to have, a, like I said before, eat chelav, b'teyavon, b'halachis, b'mezid. Fine, that's a, that's a Russia. and the din is he's chayav chayav kares. And by the way, it doesn't seem to me okay. Uh, and to say that he gets the same treatment in din, his din is the same as a, as someone who is a um, you know boet, uh, someone who is a uh, who is, you know is biyad uh, rama against uh, Judaism, against Torah, killing people, all the worst kinds of things. Okay, I don't, I don't want to say Hitler because it's too too easy, but uh, you know what I mean, right? <laughs> Huh? You're rough. You're rough. <laughs> right. Is that is that argument correct? That that would be some kind of a lack of din vidayan. That what's his what's what's his great his great onesh? He doesn't get olamhaba. So that means to say that what? That means to say that there's nothing. There's no experience that there's no retribution. The Ram uses the word nakama, which is very interesting. He uses the nakama many times. He, there's no it doesn't sound like a nakama though, right? There's nothing that is um, there's no corresponding act on him to the to the evil that he perpetrated on others. Now. Um, that begs the question, I guess, of what is the what's the philosophical basis and idea of schar and onish? So I can understand schar. You say a person deserves it. I mean, he he was shomer Torah mitzvos, right? To the degree that he um, that he accepted those ideas and uh, expressed a certain kind of um, you know, um, belief and bitachon and, uh, and 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 recognition of reality and obedience—all of those good things—he has earned. If you want to call it a natural type of a thing, that's fine. But this certainly makes sense to say that that his level of righteousness is greater, and correspondingly. His experience of Olam Haba should be greater, right? That's 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 a Deva Pasha. 
right? And, and I think the Rambam would certainly uh, uh, agree to such a statement. Okay, but what about on the what about on the flip side? What about on the flip side? Is there some kind of an idea of justice that there should be an ill treatment or a suffering or some kind of a corresponding experience to the to the to the good that a, that a tzaddik experience has in the in the in the in the ra of the of the Russian? Well, that's 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 childish. That's like uh, you're trying to just uh, get back at the guy, right? No, we should just say, look, there's a reality of good, and ra is simply you don't attain it. And why do you want to punish him? Why do you want to punish him? Well, what, what's the tachlis? What's the good? What's the what's the um, right? What's the benefit to anybody? You're gonna you're gonna just just so he says uh, I was wrong, just so he he just to stick his facing it what is the what's the uh the, the what's the the justification so you could say you could take the position it's simply justice it's justice it's mishpat and you can't ask what's the purpose of mishpat that's that the, there's a certain idea that you are um treated in cars in accordance with your um, either obedience to the will of God or disobedience. And it's not, it's not a deterrent. It's not something that other people will learn. It's just right. It's, it's, it's wrong that their universe, that the world, that the olam uh, should, be, should, should not be run with, uh, with din and dayan. And if there's no, if there's no, if there's no uh, consequence commensurate to your rishos, then it's simply like God is just abandoning that realm of, of consequence and that realm of activity. And to say that once you go past a certain level of rishos, there's no consequence, it's like now you're just in the free zone. That he holds. That, that, that's that's an argument that seems that the Ramban considers to be the uh, the, uh, the 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 essential idea that it's not just it lacks injustice um, if, if 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 there's no degrees of onish like there are degrees of scar. Now. The Ram simply doesn't talk about these things so much, but he does certainly say, in terms of the Olam Haba, that there is a certain idea of of onesh for the Chatoim, that the Benoni and the um, and even the Russia um, have um, have done, and the Ramban does have a good argument there, right? That um, the Ramban the Ram is definitely, definitely describing some kind of, it's not simply you get this level of Hava and you get that level of Hava. He does seem to be saying that it is done in Osa, you could, you could learn the Rambam if you really want to. Done in Osa Kafi Chatov, Meaning to say, his level of Olam Hava will be determined according to his chayv. 
but not like he suffers a din and then gets all right? So he says also by the by the by the Rishon, Donin also kifichatoseim v'yeshlem chelulam. Meaning they'll have a lesser one. But what does it mean donin also? If you're going to really go the purely rational way, it shouldn't be done in Osin. It's just natural. They specific, if you are on this level with this many chatoim, you naturally have that level of aha. What's done in Osin? Done in Osin does seem to be something beyond the purely natural concept of Hashar's uh, of, of And if you're going to take that, that's the Ramban's hook. He says, once you see that he's that he is expressing some system of din, right? Aside for the state of Olam Haba, which is a natural, which, which you could learn as a natural consequence, you see that that um, that there is some kind of a din on kefi uh, chetov, and it's not simply either zochet Olam Haba or not zochet Olam It's more complex than that. And um, and that and that and, and there's no reason to say that the Rambam abandoned. This is a lot of his argument also in this in this letter. There's no reason based on that to say that the Rambam abandoned things which are considered, you know, pretty much uh, accepted misora, um, accepted the tradition of of, of I just leave you with one final one thought, and this is something that I find interesting. Is that is, if you're going to learn that there's a din, the question is the philosophical idea of of, uh, of schar and onish. So one of them is like I was saying, the Ramban, purely just it's just, and you don't have to. That that's just uh, that itself is the justification. But there are those who say that no, an onish is like a uh, deterrent. So then the only question is, I can under or, or it's like a. Um, it's like a um, process of purification, right? Like that's the way the Ramban discusses the uh, Gehenna in, in the Shari Gemara. It's like the soul has to go through some kind of a process before it's roy for uh, both, right? But then the question is, what's the idea of an eternal suffering, right? Yeah, it's not going to help the person, and you just like getting back at them for what? So the the Sajigon in the in the in the end of Mus um, he mentions that it's really it really is a deterrent, and he says and uh, there has to be an eternal harm because otherwise a person will always say okay so maybe this amount of hate is worth this amount of harm it has there has to ultimately be like an ultimate harm he says and even though it's not for any purpose other than for the deterrent but. Hashem has to do it because otherwise it wouldn't be a real deterrent. So, you know, even though it doesn't it doesn't satisfy any any idea of of justice of retri- of, of retribution and purification and those kinds of things, but in order to be a deterrent, you have to have an ultimate um, threat. <laughs> okay, all right.